And to help us start breaking down these games, the only wizard that anyone in the Philadelphia area wants to talk to right now, our sports wagering wizard, Mark Drumheller, joins us on Dr. Gut Regrow Your Hairline. You can follow him at X underscore Drumheller. Drum, have you ever been as hot as Joe Harris in any type of sport you've played? <laughs> I don't think so, man. I'll tell you what, though. I wish I had these Boston guys guarding me. I mean, they're talking about non-existent defense. Um, I was kind of thinking, you know, looking at the total was kind of interesting because I hit the under in game one in this in this series, and um, it came out, you know, and, and I, you know, Brooklyn really didn't shoot that well. So I was real interested to see, like, if Boston would be able to slow them down at all. And it doesn't seem like, um, you know, they can they have any shot here. It's like Brooklyn's just doing whatever they want offensively. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Uh, I. I don't even know if you can can kind of salvage this if you're a Boston fan and say, hey, well, maybe if we get it to uh, a certain point by halftime, uh, I don't even think you can can kind of say that at this point. I, I think you kind of just chalk this one up as an L and hope, hope you win one at home because uh, this series uh, has an, an over-feeling to it. Um, in, in terms of this series, I mean, should how high should Brooklyn be moving forward as a favorite. I know they're going on the road for three and four, but I mean, they're going to have to be at least what seven and a half, eight points for games three and four. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I, it's going to have to be a pretty big number just from the fact that, you know, they're pretty, I mean, they're lined pretty high to begin with all season, just because of the makeup of the team and how they have the three stars, right? And now that they're playing and it's go time in the playoffs, you're going to pay a premium anytime you bet Brooklyn, I feel like, from this point forward. You know, you look at the series lines, they opened minus 1,100. And then after game one, they didn't even play well. You know, they still blew out Boston. And then, you know, all of a sudden they're minus 3,000 to win the series. So it doesn't seem like the market believes Boston will be competitive at all. Um, and so far, that's rung, rung true. I mean, they, they really, you would think on the road in a game two, they'd be able to put at least a better defensive performance, right? Because defense is effort and defense is, you know, you scratching and clawing and they're really fighting for their season, but not much, not much fight left in these Celtics. Do you think if, if Jalen Brown plays that there's any kind of hope the Celtics have or, or they're just, uh, the Nets are just too good? Uh, I think, yeah, I think even with Jalen Brown, they don't really match up great. Um, I, and I think at this point, like, do you rush him back? Like, that's really, like, the key thing. Like, or do you just fold it up and look into next year? Because I don't know if he makes that much of a difference, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they just seem like these teams are in a different stratosphere. You know, like, yeah. we made fun of Charlotte in the play-in series because they're like, Charlotte looks like a team that didn't belong in the play-in tournament. Well, Boston don't look like they belong in the playoffs at all, so... Um, you know, against Brooklyn. So it, it's real interesting to see it play out. But yeah, I wouldn't force a guy like that back. Um, I don't think they're going to win this series anyway. So uh, we've done enough talk about Nets Celtics because I, I, we can pronounce this game dead. It's, uh, it's 67-41 with 2.53 left. Um, the live line is 20. the money line off the board. Yeah, <laughs> the money line, that, that's kind of a, the, the telltale sign. If the money line's off the board before halftime, uh, it, it's over. Uh, it, it's going to take some Herculean effort, and I don't think the Celtics have that. So, moving forward, we're in the same spot we were last night. The good news is we got two games to talk about instead of uh, breaking down one ad nauseum. Um, I, I said at the opening segment, I think this is a LeBron James game. I think he just goes bonkers. 
I I don't see the the Suns winning. I feel like this is you know the the typical LeBron you know, LeBron's team struggles game one, comes back in games two, guns blazing. Am I wrong in any of that logic? I'm not sure. The I mean, the key variable is is like how many of those game twos were on the road. You know what I mean? And that's like you have a Phoenix Suns team that's been very successful this year. I think they have the third best record as a home favorite against the spread. Um, and, you know, they they were able to kind of beat them up physically. You know, underneath, Aiton had a huge game. Um, if they're able to continue to do that and, and rebound the way they are, I think it's going to be tough for LeBron. Like, I think that's kind of like the key thing, and that's probably why I've cooled on the Lakers going into this playoffs. Or I guess surprised that people just, um, are just backing them, regardless mm-hmm. of the circumstances. Because I think, you know, going up against a two-seed on the road is a, is a tough task for anybody. So it's, it's going to tell us a lot about the Lakers and how far they can go with how they come out. If they come out and dominate tonight, then, you know, wow. You know, they're, they're, you know then the plus 110 to win this series is, would probably look a lot better, and that number is probably going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh it's going to they're going to have to do it physically it's just weird like you know they put davis at center he don't want to play center but it's really what's best because they 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 have to they have to be able to match the physicality of the suns and suns are a tough team at home in this spot so uh, it's going to be a great game I'm, i'm very excited for this one so you mentioned deandre ayton and his prop tonight over 14 and a half it's at even money so look he had 21 he's not an incredible point scorer but uh that gives you, what, six and a half points uh, for what his game one total was. Um, I don't want to classify him in the Alec Burks, Bryn Forbes, Joe Harris category because I think those guys are just pure shooters that can get hot at any time. But, I mean, do you see this continuing if AD doesn't have, I guess, that much interest in being that pure center and kind of being a, a scorer and kind of acting in that vein, do you think this could be a, a big series for Aiton? And, I mean, uh, look, you look at these player props tonight, uh, even money at over 14.5 after what he did in the first game, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be reacting to that and, and possibly taking his over. Yeah, I think so, too. I just think that even if it's not, I mean, even if AD doesn't want to really play the the bulk of the minutes at center or, you know, do what's necessary there. I think that they're going to have to have some kind of plan B, right? They can't come out and, you know, try and do what they did in game one and just hope that LeBron just does so much more that, you know, they're going to win the game anyway. So uh, they're going to have to find a way to slow him down because if he's, if he's getting it done inside like that consistently throughout the series, it's, it's going to be a short series for the Lakers. So I would expect some kind of adjustment on the Lakers end, uh, you know, and listen, you know, Davis might not like it, but, He's going to come to a point to where you realize, like, hey, you know, do you want to win? Like, if this is the, the path to victory, are you going to look LeBron in the face and tell him, nah, you know, I'm not really feeling that, you know? <laughs> like, you're going to you're gonna do what they ask you to do. So um, I think it might take a little nudging to get there. But I think, you know, game one loss is a wake-up call. And if they get down early today, um, it's going to be – they're going to definitely have to play with a sense of urgency tonight. So uh, I want to get your opinion on this because my approach in – has shifted very quickly when it comes to betting these games is I've just gone stars going straight to the heavy hitters, high usage guys. uh, And and if Joe Harris gets hot, like he has tonight, you just kind of say, congratulations for you guys who, who bet him. What kind of approach do you take? And just in, in, in general, when looking at some of these player props, because there is, 
a, a dynamic shift when it comes to regular season production versus playoff production. Do you kind of agree with that, or how do you approach when you're kind of taking stock in in how to bet these some of these players? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a couple differences in playoff basketball compared to the regular season that kind of show their, um, you know, they show up here in the playoffs, and you you can use them different ways. Like you know, the way you talk about the player props and and keying on the star players. That, listen, every team's path to victory and its do or die time is through their star players. And the NBA is a star driven league, right? So you know that that sort of thing is going to happen. Um, the other thing that you know people need to look at when they, they see these playoffs is the further that we get into the NBA playoffs, um, the slower these games are going to get, right? So, um, so especially like in game ones, you know, when teams aren't familiar with each other, you know, the, the possessions get limited just because the game slows down, regardless of the teams playing, like these possessions become more important, more critical. Um, and you just see less possessions in the game. Like I, I saw a stat that if you take from the average possessions per game from the regular season, to the conference finals, um, there's it's almost six possessions per game uh, less. So, you know, the game really does kind of slow down. So you have to take that into account, you know, when looking at your totals um, and when looking at some of these player props. But the, the the portion of it is going to go through the star players because as those possessions get smaller and become more important, you want it in the hands of your best players, right? And it gets a little tricky when you got teams like Brooklyn where, you know, they have so many different options. Um, but, you know, when you're looking at a team like Phoenix or Lakers, you got LeBron James and Devin Booker, uh, you know, you're going to look towards those overs. On DraftKings Sportsbook tonight, Devin Booker over 28 and a half, uh, LeBron James over under 24 and a half, AD 25 and a half, uh, everybody else under 15. So if you want to take a risk on some of those uh, lower usage guys, uh, values there, you don't have to get a ton. But like we said, uh, it's a star driven league. Uh, speaking of stars, this Paul George conundrum here. I mean, can you trust this guy in, in the playoffs? I mean, I bet him in game one, I mean, he came close to hitting his over because he had 23 points at the end, but it, it was one of those struggles to just get there in the first place. Like, uh, can you trust a, a guy with a, a, a kind of a, a lackluster playoff history when you're uh, betting, you know, not only on his player prop, but on the Clippers in general in this series. Yeah, I think that game's really interesting. Um, and you know, the short answer to your question is no, you can't trust Paul George, right? And it seems like every year you wish that you could. Mm-hmm. Like every year, you're like, oh no, this is going to be playoff P. Like he's going to come back <laughs> and he's going to be the person you get suckered he was, in. He's going, but it just never comes. You know what I mean? And it's it, it's really like that matchup is surprising in the sense that like, I feel like the Clippers are still getting a lot of respect um, in that series, despite, um, you know, losing game one. And I thought losing game one pretty handily, you know, you look at Dallas, Dallas is a team, their eighth best road record against the spread. They play well on the road all season. Um, And the really interesting thing that I'm seeing in this game is, is that the first half line Clippers minus five, so the, the total spread, I think, is at seven, might be like seven and a half, but that, that first half line is minus five, which usually you don't see it that high in the first half. Um, so I think a lot of people are expecting the Clippers to bounce back very strongly. I was surprised um, that they were, you know, they're minus 375 to open the series, and even after losing game one, minus 4, 
uh, minus 145, which I think is a little steep because I think after losing game one, I thought this would be a tight series to begin with. I think they could be in a little trouble. We saw them just kind of toast and throw some games at the end of the year, and I was real curious to see how they would come out. Um, but, I, you know, I like Dallas tonight. I'll tell you, I definitely like them in the first half getting that five points. Maybe it's too good to be true, but um, I think that they'll keep it competitive. I don't expect uh, the Clippers to come out and blow them out tonight. Lines of DraftKings Sportsbook, the Clippers are seven-point game favorite over under 216. Moneyline minus 315 for the Clippers, plus 250 for the Mavs. And then if you look at the player props real quick, Luka Doncic, uh, obviously the highest one. It makes a lot of sense at at over 28.5, as well as Kawhi Leonard, uh, 28.5. Paul George, over 26.5. He's plus 115 there. Uh, That's setting you up. It's setting you up there. Playoff, Playoff P. Uh, it, look, if he gets hot, that that's that's your value play of the night because you're not getting uh, star players over at plus money a lot. But I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Yeah, it's, it's plus money for a reason, yep. man. And, and it's you know that that's the thing with him. And I feel like when you look at Kawhi's number and how that's lined, like that's kind of telling you that they know that Kawhi is going to have to do more, right? Mm-hmm. Like that it's probably not going to come from their secondary players that almost if they're going to win this game and, you know, win it handily, that Kawhi's really going to have to do the lion's share of the work. Um, and I think that's really – that's how I read the situation. I don't think the market has a lot of respect for Paul George. Um, and I don't have a lot of respect for Paul George right now. Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, you look at that game one, and it was pretty much, you know, the Luka Doncic show, right? Triple-double. I think he had 31, 10, and 10, if I'm not mistaken. But – um, you know, pretty much doing whatever he wants. And, and it's real interesting because, you know, I, I think that Dallas has an advantage on the bench too, mm-hmm. you know, with the coaching. So it's like when you're talking about game-to-game adjustments, you know, do you trust, you know, Lou in that situation with this Clippers team, a team that kind of, you know, fell apart in the bubble, right? And everything we heard was all, was all Doc Rivers' fault, right? Doc Rivers looks pretty good to me. I don't know. Looks pretty good to us, too. Uh, real quick, before we go back into tonight's games, uh, game two tomorrow with the Sixers. Obviously, we have to wait a few extra days for it. Um, do, do you think it looks a little sharper in game two and maybe we get a, possibly a blowout uh, kind of like we saw with Brooklyn and Milwaukee? Uh, or you know, do you think Washington is kind of... Uh, I don't want to go as far as saying a live dog, but at least enough to make you consider uh, betting them as an eight-point underdog. Yeah, I, I think the Sixers. I don't think Sixers are going to have any trouble per se with Washington. You know, I think they win the game pretty easily, but it's a big number, and it's it's it makes me hesitate with that type of number just from the fact that, like, hey, Washington relies heavily on you know the shooting of Westbrook and Beal, right? And if those guys are red hot you know, regardless of how well the Sixers play, it's probably going to be a little bit close, right? You know what I mean? Like, they're going to shoot. We know Washington doesn't play any defense. So if the Sixers, you know, can score effectively, they can kind of run away from them and keep pace. But we saw kind of in that regular season game where, you know, Beal had 60 and he kept bringing them back and bringing them back. And, you know, you could get a situation like that to where if Washington's hot, they're just going to cover that number no matter what, even if they don't win. Um, But I, I do expect the Sixers to win the game handily, but, uh, you know, at the eight points, is, do I want to lay that? You know, I, I'm not real sure. It's going to depend. One of the things I'm interested to see, and, you know, maybe this is being from Philadelphia and being a Sixers fan, right? But I was I, I was a little surprised by the refs. Like, I don't feel like we got the, the number one seed 
uh, home court whistle in game one. So, it, you know, if we get that whistle, if we get the refs to kind of give us the respect of a number one seed, um, I definitely think we can pull away. Right. Don't, don't get me started on the refs. I, I, man, I was so disappointed in that game last night that the Nuggets Blazers game. It was, it was going to be such a, a fantastic second half and the refs took that away from us. It, it was just absolutely, absolutely brutal. Um, when it comes to the Sixers, Ben Simmons had a great game rebounds and assists wise. Not so much in the points department. What is the ideal total for you, uh, scoring wise, for Ben Simmons? Uh, looking not just in in game two, but moving forward, is there a number you need him to reach to feel? confident moving forward or is he doing enough in every other aspect of the game where you could rely on the shooters uh, around them to make up for whatever's lost in, in the points department yeah i think it's kind of both but i mean let's be honest right we we can't expect that tobias harris every right no. so i mean you know i love tobias harris and i thought it was incredible the way he stepped up but we're going to need scoring to come from other places and, and part of that's going to have to be from ben simmons and we talked about you know, the importance of getting the whistles at home and getting the number one seed, right? And that that's where Ben Simmons can help you because if he's aggressive and driving to the basket and making things happen, like I don't need him to shoot a bunch of three-pointers, but I need him to get low, get people in foul trouble to help out Embiid. You know, Embiid was the one in foul trouble in game one. That kind of changed the dynamic of the game. But if, if we're the aggressors and we're attacking the basket and we're getting the Warriors, uh, the Wizards in foul trouble, then I, I think that kind of sets the tempo. So I need Ben Simmons to do those types of things. Of course, I need him to play defense and get rebounds, and mm-hmm. he's been exceptional at doing that. But we do need him to get scoring in that way. I don't necessarily need it to be from jump shooting, but he's got to be attacking the rim. He's got to be taking some of that pressure off and be down low. So it, say if he doesn't continue to uh, to score. If Say if you know Seth Curry and Danny Green are knocking down these three-point shots and you know that they're say they're around fifteen, and you get a decent amount from the bench. Do you think that that's still good enough, or are we really, you know, when it gets down to crunch time against whoever emerges from the bottom half of the bracket, where uh, it's really going to need to be crunch time? Or you got to put probably fifteen on the board to just make sure we're in good shape. Yeah, I, I think so. Probably the latter, right? So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the situation is going to present itself, right? We know we're not going to play the Wizards all the way through the playoffs, right? So we're going to play tougher teams. They're going to be tougher games. Um, they're going to, you know, as these games, as we get deeper into the playoffs, these teams are going to scheme the kind of takeout and beat and, and try and make us, you know, win different ways. And he has to be a part of that, right? So, you know, he can't just rely on everybody else and rely on his passing. We are going to need him to get to the rim and do that. Um, you know, it, the, the path that they should have should be pretty easy, um, but he's still going to need to kind of progress as this playoffs go. But it, it was just one game with Washington, so I'm not necessarily concerned. Now, if we get into a game where, hey, they drop a game and, and he should have done more offensively um, and he didn't, then then it's a different conversation, right? But as, as long as we're winning games, I'm okay with it. But I do agree with your point that, we're going to get to a, a spot in this playoff run if we plan on going to the finals where he has to do more. And, you know, I think he'll step up and get it done. Um, but, you know, I think everybody's kind of anxious to see that. Yeah, me too. And look, I, I, it's kind of the more of the I have such a high standard where I'm, mm-hmm. not, con- I'm not concerned yet, but I think we're all just waiting for um, getting to 
you know, the, the 15, 20 point. We, we want our stars to you know, show out. You know, we're the number one seed. You know, we want our team to, to shine. And look, I think they will. Um, it, it's just a matter of getting to that point. And I think we're just, we're just so anxious for, you know, playoff basketball and everything that comes with it, where I think, uh, I think we may have to like cool his, our jets a little bit on the, the Simmons talk. Cause I think you're right. If, if it gets further down the line and maybe they drop a game, uh, then it, you know, it gets to that point. But, uh, I, I feel pretty confident right now. So before I let you go, speaking of confidence, these two games mm-hmm. tonight, do you have a, a play where you're, uh, whether it be two from one or one from the other, uh, what do you feel most confident in uh, in the Lakers-Suns-Mavs-Clippers game two that we're going to see later on tonight? Yeah, I mean, the Lakers-Suns, like, I... If I were to play, I haven't played anything yet. If I'm, I'm kind of looking at the total. Listen, they only scored, you know, was it 189 points the first matchup, right? So now the total drops from like 213 to 210. Um, we know that the, you know, Lakers are going to have to do more offensively if they're going to win that game. So do you kind of lean to the over? Do you expect things to kind of open up there? Um, I'm not sure. Like, I, I, you know, if I were to play anything, I would probably play the total. I would probably lean to the over there. Um, but, any other game, I love that Dallas. I mean, I love Dallas, but I, I think I might just play them first half um, with that five points. In. I don't. I just don't see. You know, again, I think this is a situation of where you know the market just expects the Clippers to turn on the light switch because they're from LA, right? So mm-hmm. LA team, it's Kawhi. They're going to turn on the light switch. They're going to be fine. That was supposed to happen in game one and didn't, right? So now it's going to happen in game two, right? Okay going to happen in the first half right so a seven point favorite laying five points in the first half um i'm going to bet against that so i'm, I'm going to take Dallas there in the first half i think I, I don't know if they win the game but i think they give them all they can handle i think they cover the number tonight and i think they def- they definitely cover the first half i mean that's probably my strongest play tonight i like it uh, every, you the more you convince me of it the the more i i feel strongly about it so i uh i might be going in that direction i'm, I'm on luca so um mm-hmm. Look, I, I think it's going to be a very good game. As long as anything is better than what we have on on the TV right now, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> G- give me give me two screen, you know, back and forth playoff action, and and I, I'm in good shape tonight. Yeah, put the coffee on. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> yeah. Might even get some overtime, right? Might even get some overtime. So Look, it could be a late one. I stayed up for that triple overtime Oilers game last night, so I, I'm prepared. No, did, were you on it? Did you bet it live or no? Yeah, I, I make that mistake because I I usually don't live bet, but I, I I did live bet the Oilers because it was like I kind of went with the emotional angle like they they have yeah, more they can't they, get swept right yeah it's like the best player in hockey can't get swept um, have to take over put one in the net yeah and they did I think that was I mean look hockey produces those results every once in a while I know Tampa got swept by Columbus. Back, uh, I think it was about two years ago, as the one seat. So it's possible. It was just, you know, I bet McDavid to score before the game started. So I, I got that in. But man, it's hockey overtime is is a different animal because th- those guys, you could feel the fatigue going right through the screen. Because I think they had played an overtime game the night before. So uh, I'm ready mentally because basketball overtime takes a lot quicker and happen and usually doesn't go to multiple OTs. So. Uh, you can you can bless that on us tonight, and I'll be ready. Absolutely, man. We'll get double OT. Give us both. <laughs> hey, look, 
I'll take anything at this point that, that's better than a, than a blowout. Uh, Mark Drumheller, our sports wagering wizard. You can follow him at X underscore Drumheller. Uh, congratulate him on the Dallas pick when it hits later because I, I'm very confident in it. Drum, uh, as always, uh, thank you for joining us and uh, best of luck tonight. All right, you too, Joe. Thanks for having me.